Movement. My name's Abby Meyer, and I'm a worship leader resident here at Movement, and I'm so grateful to be here with you digging into scripture together this morning. I truly believe that God has a word to speak to you today. So we're going to go ahead and dive right into scripture. We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, so you can go ahead and turn there with me. So it's 2 Corinthians 4, verses 7 through 9, and verses 16 through 18. Now we have this treasure in jars of clay, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the chance for us to learn more about you from your word. God, I pray that you would open our eyes and open our hearts to understand more about who you've made us to be. God, we love you. We dedicate this time to you. Thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So in the year 1946, there was a group of men, three men, shepherds, who were tending a flock of sheep on a hillside to the west of the Dead Sea. Now this was an ordinary thing for them to do, but this day got a little bit exciting. Completely by accident, they discovered a cave. Now within the cave, they found these old clay jars. Now these jars hadn't been touched in a while, so they were probably a little dirty, a little bit dusty. So the men approached and they knelt down and removed the lids and looked inside. And what they found was that these jars were full of scrolls. These scrolls, later named the Dead Sea Scrolls, were pieces of parchment that contained scripture over 2,000 years old. Up to this point, the oldest copies of scripture that we had were from the 10th century AD. So these pieces of parchment had immense value, both physically and spiritually, even though they were hidden within some old clay jars in a cave. Now sometimes you and I can feel a little bit like those clay jars, am I right? Like sometimes we feel a little ordinary, a little bit common. And sometimes, especially now when we maybe don't have our crews around us supporting us and encouraging us, sometimes it's easy to listen to the lie of the, of the enemy that says we're not important. But can I tell you this morning, there's extraordinary value in ordinary vessels. In fact, if you have your notes with you, you can take them out because we're going to write that down this morning. There is extraordinary value in ordinary vessels. You see, the jars that the shepherds found that morning were not terribly exciting. They weren't decorative. They weren't pretty. They weren't fancy jars. They were ordinary clay jars, and yet within them was a treasure of immense worth. In the same way, even when our lives feel mundane and repetitive and ordinary, what we see in this passage is that within us there is a treasure of immense worth and value. There is extraordinary value in ordinary vessels. So as we look at this passage this morning, we see that the Apostle Paul, who wrote the book of 2 Corinthians, unpacks this truth for us in three ways. 
We're going to head through all three of them this morning, and I hope that we can walk out of this weekend with both a knowledge and excitement of the fact that there is extraordinary within the ordinary. So the first truth that Paul shows us through this scripture is that God works through our weakness. So you can go ahead and write that down too, that God works through our weakness. We see this right away in verse 7 in our passage. It says, Now we have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. Right away we see that, that Paul begins with the metaphor of the clay jars and before even finishing the verse, before even finishing his sentence, he explains that the purpose of being a clay jar is so that God's power can be displayed through us so that God can work through our weakness. Have you ever met an I'm fine kind of person? Like the kind of person that they're visibly distraught. You can see it all over their face. And you ask them about it and they say, oh, I'm fine. I'm good. You know who I'm talking about. Maybe it's a, a spouse or a coworker, or a friend. But these are the kind of people that could be in some serious danger and they would just say, oh, I'm fine. Well, sometimes that kind of person has a hard time with this metaphor because they don't want to see themselves as weak. They don't want to see themselves as fragile. Maybe it's because they, they are protecting themselves or they don't want to burden others. But whatever it is, we see that they'd, they'd rather relate to maybe an iron jar or a diamond jar. But I think this, this I'm fine attitude is not just limited to a few specific people but that it's something that we each have a little bit inside of us. Can you relate to that? That we all have these struggles. We're all going through something, whether it's that you can't imagine the frustration of spending one more day at home, or maybe you're struggling through an addiction all by yourself and you're having a hard time fighting it, or maybe when your support networks have been taken away in the season, you've been fighting depression and anxiety like never before. And so we have these battles that we're fighting, and yet we walk around as if we're fine. We get this from our culture. See, our culture values a strong-looking jar. Our culture values a perfect-looking jar. And we see this even in today's celebrities, that when we take a look at people like Beyonce and Jay-Z, well, they, they're famous musicians. They recently purchased a home. And can I tell you about this house? So it was an $88 million house. It has eight bedrooms, 11 bathrooms, a 15-car garage, bulletproof windows, four pools, a basketball court, and staff quarters. Altogether, it has over 30,000 square feet of living space. It's a little excessive. But these are the things that we look up to. These are the things that we say, someday I wish that would be me. These are the people that we idolize, that their posters hang in our teenagers' bedrooms, that we spend thousands of dollars just to stand in the same room as them, people that we would give anything to trade places with for a day. But though they have a jar that looks beautiful on the outside, a lot of times something's missing on the inside. So there was a study done in 2014 by a psychology professor named Diana Kenny, 
And what Diana found was that by studying these famous musicians, these pop stars and rock stars, that they tended to die up to 25 years younger than the average person. That famous musicians tend to pass away from unnatural causes five to 10 times more than the average person. And so what we see is that though these jars around them may look beautiful, may look strong and perfect, that sometimes the inside can be neglected. And this isn't the first example that we see of people who focus on the outside while neglecting the inside. In fact, examples of that have been around since people have been around. And there's another example I want to share with you today, and that's from Jesus's day. So you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 23, verses 27 and 28. So here Jesus is talking to a group of people called the Pharisees. Now the Pharisees were the top of the top. They were the Beyonce and Jay-Z of historical Judaism, if you will. And they had the same problem. And so when Jesus sees them, he has some strong words to say to them. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and every kind of impurity. In the same way, on the outside you seem righteous to people, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. God doesn't desire a perfect looking jar. He doesn't need a strong jar in order to do his work. In fact, when we look at scripture, we see that the opposite is true. That God chooses to use the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. That he chooses to use the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So if you're feeling a little foolish right now and you're feeling a little weak, I want to tell you that's okay. It means that God can work through you. See, he doesn't desire someone who has it all together. He desires a humble heart and willing hands. God works through weakness. So how do we live in a way as if we believe that God is working through our weakness? I think the first step is just to see ourselves for who we are. To take a look at ourselves and not make excuses for ourselves. To say that we know that we're not diamond jars, we're not iron jars, but that we're clay, that we have weakness, that we all have struggles, we all have sin and imperfections. And when we see that for what it is, then we're able to lay those weaknesses down at the foot of Jesus. There's a, another passage I want to share with you that sums this up so well. And it's in the same book in 2 Corinthians, a little later on in chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. And this is in the Amplified Version. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and my mercy are more than enough always available regardless of the situation. For my power is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weakness, so the power of Christ may completely enfold me and dwell in me. So I'm well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distresses, with persecutions, with difficulties for the sake of Christ, for when I am weak in human strength, then I am strong, truly able 
truly powerful, truly drawing from God's strength. God works through weakness. The second truth that we see in our passage is that this vessel has a purpose. Now, the Greek word for vessel is the word skuos, but the specific variation of that word that's used in this passage means a vessel with a purpose. Paul is being clear here that these jars aren't just decorative, nice-looking jars, but that they have a specific use and purpose. In the same way, you have a purpose. When we enter into relationship with Jesus, we don't just get a little check mark by our name and then put on a shelf to be decorative. No, he has more for us than that. He wants to work in us and through us. This vessel has a purpose. And in our chapter, we see that Paul even talks about his own purpose. In verse 13, he says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, in keeping with what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. You see, Paul was called to preaching. He traveled around and he spoke to people in synagogues. He preached to groups of people. It was his specific calling. Now, some of you may be called to preaching. Some of you, may, maybe you're not called to preaching. Some of us are called to children's ministry or homeless ministry or even just spreading the love of Jesus around our workplace. You see, we have specific calling and general calling. Now, general calling is a little bit different. General calling is something that we're all called to as believers. So specific calling can vary per person, but general calling is something, a way of of life that God has called each one of us to. Now, when we look at general calling, we see a couple things pop up in scripture. We see that first of all, God calls us to be imitators. That means that he calls us to look at Jesus and to grow to be more like him every single day. Secondly, the word calls us to be influencers. That means he's calling us to pour the love of Jesus and spread the gospel to the people around us. So we have this general purpose that we are all called to, whether we're old or young, whether we're a new believer or have been walking this road for a long time, no matter our talents, we are all called to be imitators and influencers. Now we see this specifically through Jesus' disciples, that they followed him for three years, learning from him and growing to be more like him. And then after he died on the cross for our sins and rose from the dead, they traveled around and they spread the good news of the gospel. They were imitating and influencing. The bottom line here is that in order for me to know myself, I first need a revelation of who God is. You see, this vessel has a purpose. And for a lot of us, we get stuck on this because we want to know what our purpose is. We're asking God to show us where to go and what to do and who to talk to and the next step we need to take. But it comes down to the fact that before we know ourselves, we need that revelation of who God is. And so I encourage you this week to seek him, to spend time with him and ask him where he's calling you but then after that, just to spend time in the word and look at the way that Jesus lived. Look at the way that he's calling you to live. And that is that purpose. This vessel has a purpose. 
Our third point, and go ahead and write this down, our third point is this, that a breakable jar holds an unbreakable promise. So one thing that we know about clay jars is that they're breakable, that they chip, that they crack, that if you were to drop it on the floor, that it would shatter, that these jars are breakable. In the same way, while we are here on earth, we are living a breakable life. We can be broken physically, we can be broken emotionally and spiritually. And especially right now in this season, a lot of us are experiencing a new level of brokenness. We are seeing new ways how we are, are breakable because we look around and we see families that are be, being affected by sickness. We see people being affected by broken systems and broken people. And it's easy to look around and begin to lose hope. But our passage speaks to that too. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. That a breakable jar holds an unbreakable promise. You see, we go through these things in our lives, but what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn to good. When we're in a season in life where we need to read the Bible every day just to get through, it begins in us a new love for Scripture. When there's someone in our life that we never thought would leave, takes a step back from us, it teaches us to rely on the Lord and his love for us amidst pain and abandonment. Whatever it is that you're going through today, I want to encourage you that God is greater. That though you may feel breakable and though you may be broken, that he has an unbreakable promise for you that we can have hope in him. Our hope can be eternal because it's not focused on the jar. It's not focused on the outside. It's focused on the promise of new life that he's given us. And if you need a promise today, look at the Psalms and you'll find that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. So as we seek God and as we rely on his promise within rather than the brokenness without, I truly believe that we'll come to a knowledge of the verses 16 through 18 at the end of our passage and say, therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day, for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. A breakable jar holds an unbreakable promise. So what we've seen in the scripture passage is that there's extraordinary value in ordinary vessels, that God works through our weakness, that this vessel has a purpose, and that a breakable jar holds unbreakable promises. This week, I want to encourage you to take 10 to 20 minutes to sit down with God and let him speak value over you and into your life. Whatever weaknesses that you're struggling with, Surrender them at the feet of Jesus so he can work in them and through them. 
sit with him and ask him what he has next for you and then follow what he tells you to do and hold on to hope. Speak these words of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 over your life whenever you need that little bit of hope. Extraordinary value is found in ordinary vessels. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the way that you have made us. We love you and we ask that you would be with us through the rest of the day, that we would be able to meditate on who you are and who you've called us to be. We love you and we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.